1: This
2: episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership.
3: This is Writing Excuses, Season 6, Episode 13, World Building Communications Technology. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're
4: not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And I have a cell phone.
5: Yes, you oh, do. Oh, boy. I, and you know what? If I were in a horror movie,
4: mm-hmm.
5: I have a spare cell phone <laughs> in my house that I would give to a friend, and we would talk on
4: the phones the whole time, okay. and then we would never split up. Now, I I remember back in the day when X-Files came on television. Everyone made a huge deal. I read essays in you know every magazine at the time about how... All the characters on this new show used cell phones. That's so weird. And now cell phones have become ridiculously common. We're more connected as a society than we've ever been. And yet there's still television shows where people don't use cell phones. Yeah. And um,
3: movies. And it's kind of silly. Once you start to notice it, it starts to get glaring. Um, And this is one of the reasons we want to talk about this uh, on the podcast is because communication, whether you're writing fantasy or science fiction, the level of communication technology is just essential to most stories, Mm -hmm. um, to the narrative structure of the stories, to the conflict. And I don't want to call it lazy storytelling, but okay, I'll call it lazy storytelling. Lazy storytelling (laughs) is to say, oh, we're just going to ignore this aspect of life so that we can tell the story we want to. Um, My agent calls it idiot plotting. People have to act stupid in order (laughs) Mm -hmm. to have stupid in just a ridiculously dumb way. Well,
4: And and this isn't
3: so much idiot
4: plotting as it just is... Authors have a tendency to assume a level of communication exact to their own experience, Mm. even though that is wrong in almost every genre you write. and, and and even that's not true because now we
3: live in this connected society, right. and people are still it's writing, writing to. with are, twenty years yeah. ago communication and uh, television shows are pulling this um, and out and store and books. They're ignoring the cell phones because it's convenient to the plot, and
2: this
5: mm-hmm.
3: is this is lazy storytelling.
2: It used to be such a big thing. I mean, that was the major plot thing is, oh, my goodness, we have to get to so-and-so to warn them.
5: Right, right. There was an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man where the whole point of his bionic legs in that episode was so that he could
3: run across town and deliver a message. Right. And how many movies or shows have you seen where the first thing that happens that you know stuff is going wrong is when the lines get cut Mm -hmm. to the house? A communications breakdown can
4: mean only one thing. Yes. (laughs) Invasion. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, I loved
5: the uh, uh, Rainbow Six novel by uh, Tom Clancy because um, those folks had cell phones and one of the things that the Rainbow Six team realized is that the terrorists are going to have cell phones too and so the first thing we need to build is something that we can upload to a cell tower to shut down everybody's communication but ours. Right. That took all of that into account. Tom Cl- I love Tom Clancy because he writes, he writes like a science fiction author should write, and he's, <laughs> he's writing right now, <laughs> or, you know, five, mm, yeah. ten
4: years in the, in the future. Well, and the thing that I want to point out, though, about this issue is that it's not solely a science fiction issue. It, any genre you're writing in, whether it's just mainstream fiction, whether it's fantasy, the, the speed and availability of communica- communication is going to greatly affect your plot.
2: And we have a tendency with fantasy to to assume that the only way to communicate with people is to, you know, actually travel there.
3: Yeah, get on a horse and go.
2: But if you look at history, people had other ways of communicating. Like um, Napoleon had the visual telegraph, which I think is a fantastic thing. Mm-hmm. So these big tower, towers with arms. And he could get messages from yeah. one end of France to the other and, like, 20 minutes how
4: giant towers with moving arms you're, you're telling us that napoleon had giant semaphore robots
3: yep. in our own world yes in real life history in that's real life- why i love earth yes well and the the great wall could pass information just hugely quickly uh giordo mm-hmm. was telling me about how um they did a test it, it they could pass information faster along the great wall than an suv driving along the great wall could deliver that information um and these are important things because um, these, both of these technologies we just talked about are basically war technologies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having a war, um, Napoleon used them to keep his armies communicating. Engaging in a war across a large period of time for a fantasy writer, a uh, period of time, space. Um, this is a real issue that you, as writers, should be thinking about. If you don't want to think too much about it, <laughs> you can work in a cheat. It's fine. I did this in Elantris. I specifically gave um, um, instantaneous communication as part of the magic system so that I could work in the plot elements I wanted to and so that I could actually realistically explain why this society has some of the more modern concepts that it does because my personal belief is that um, looking at at history and um, the progression of science, communication progression has mirrored our... Societal progression—the mm-hmm. ability to talk to someone across the ocean and realize they are like me—changes the way we look at the world. Yeah,
2: absolutely. In England, they had essentially—they—they they almost had email during the Victorian period, where they would—they had mail delivery ten times a day. Mm. Really? It was
3: very—it was very fast.
2: Very wow. fast in London. So
3: you could I am somebody essentially. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you know, there's a lot of people I am that we go back and forth maybe 10 times. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, it was amazingly fast.
3: Now, in uh, in
5: fiction, one of my one of my favorite examples is in the uh, Ring World books. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, if, you know, if you're not familiar with Ring World, big science fiction construct, huge construct with varying levels of low-tech wait, 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 society wait. on
3: it. If you're if you're unfamiliar with um with Ring World, just think Halo. I think that's where they well, got halo
5: it. halo writ
3: yeah. much much larger uh, a million miles across 93
5: million yeah. miles in diameter yeah. 300 and some odd million miles in circumference enormous thing and there was an organization that had established communication over the entirety of the ring via semaphores on the rims uh, uh mirror semaphores because mm-hmm. they've got you know they've constantly got access to sunlight and it made perfect sense and it was important to the plot because our characters don't think that there can be any sort of instantaneous or any sort of communications network without a radio because they're technologists and they are startled by the fact that a message about their arrival has actually moved ahead of them and they've been moving at you know hundreds hundreds and hundreds of miles per hour
6: hey writers are you thinking about learning a new language For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
1: This is the
4: story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: Excellent. Let's do our Book of the Week. Um, book of the Week this week is Snow Crash by Neal Stephenson. Uh, we picked this one specifically because it does in- deal with communication in an interesting way. It is uh, a really brilliant steampunk bu- uh, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk cyberpunk. book. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk um, But it's almost postmodern cyberpunk. It's so over the top, it's making fun of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if yeah. you the, want- the
4: main character's yeah. name is Hero
3: Protagonist. Yes, and he so. is the greatest swordsman in the world. And the greatest hacker. But it all makes sense. Like yes. The thing about Neil Stephenson is he has these wacky concepts, and then... He starts you off in the first paragraph. You say, this is ridiculous. It gets more ridiculous in the first chapter. By the end of the fifth chapter, you're like, wow, it all, it all is yeah. serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a wonderful book, um, groundbreaking, um, and it, it changed the way I view fiction. It's one of those types of books. So, Snow Crash by Neil Stephenson. Uh, go to Audible and you can, Howard?
5: Yeah, audiblepodcast.com slash excuse will let you kick off a 14-day free trial membership. Uh, Download a copy of Snow Crash by Neal Stephenson, one of my favorite books. Uh, Didn't realize until two-thirds of the way through the first chapter that it was all being written in the present tense. Mm -hmm. And it just works. Mm -hmm.
3: All right. So let's get back to this. We've talked a bit about um, fantasy and how, honestly, you really need to consider this stuff when you're writing Mm -hmm. your fantasy books and world building. Let's talk about science fiction. Um, How... What does science fiction writers need to consider when looking at communication?
2: Many of the same things, although one thing that you'll run into with science fiction um, is, is the need to disable the technology okay. to, uh, to make things more complicated because frequently you can solve so many problems if you can just talk to someone. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of uh, John Scalzi's The Last Colony. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I know he's your nemesis. But yeah, well, that's all right. Scalzi! <laughs> okay,
3: I got out of my <laughs> system.
2: But basically they they plunk everyone down on this planet and and tell them you cannot have any communications devices at all because the signals will be picked up and you'll be bombed out of existence. Mm -hmm. So suddenly they are dropped back into, um, they actually have some Amish colonists as well who are totally helping them cope with this sudden level of no technology.
5: Now I'm surprised that they didn't build... Napoleonic telegraphs. They totally they're,
4: f- they're giant semaphore robots. Um, if, if you're not going to disable the technology, mm-hmm. I think what you need to do as a science fiction author is first of all look at where we are right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when Osama bin Laden died, it was on Twitter before it was on CNN. Right. We are so connected. Communication is so instantaneous, we don't even know how instantaneous well, and it is. Another thing
5: to look at is the failure points um, in, in existing systems as you're trying to plan you know, a story in which there are catastrophes or whatever. Uh, When we have an earthquake, when we have a hurricane, uh, cell networks uh, clog clog up to the point that you can no longer dial in or out of the affected areas. Mm -hmm. David Brin has postulated that uh, uh, the solution for this is to make all cell phones, by law, to make all cell phones able, if they can't get a connection, to function as a peer-to-peer network which mm. is brilliant because suddenly you could effectively bit-torrent messages out of the affected area because we are all holding radios. But these radios that we are holding are not made for, for broadcast. And so concepts like this, I love Brin's idea yes. because yeah. so save David the David Brin is a genius as a science fiction writer. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so here's an idea that could save our world, right. and you might want to consider using it in your own. Just call it the, the BRIN peer-to-peer system <laughs> yes, the to BRIN give system. credit where credit
4: is due. Uh, th- there, there's a lot of technology that does exist today uh, that may well be implemented in the future, uh, cell phones specifically. We have the technology within an enclosed building to cut all cell phone signals, and there are several uh, groups in the U.S. I know trying to pass a law where movie theaters and stage theaters can have those I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of technology i think is also a consideration you know, when we did our uh,
5: our episode on cyberpunk i mentioned the nanoparticles and holosite clay mm-hmm. one of the applications of that was paint for the walls of movie theaters that would block cell phone signals
3: yeah um, but of so. course then the the contrast to that is you can't get emergency signals well, which like. is which is why yep. they have well. never <laughs> been able to make those legal. Um, but if we're looking at science fiction i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know this whole communication thing is huge and sometimes living amidst it I don't think we realize how huge it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you go back to the 80s and talk about the science fiction they're talking about flying cars. You know, they're postulating flying cars, they're postulating laser guns, they're postulating this huge shift in technology in that direction. None of that happened. We shifted toward communication. We have as fantastic and fabulous things now as those flying cars, honestly, in our cell phones. It's just
4: not as flashy. What makes it you know the, the challenge to write about that, though, is uh, you know, a society in which everyone almost instantly knows everything, I mean, right. which we're almost living in right now. That's yep. almost not science fiction.
3: Right. Well, what I'm saying is the challenge for the science fiction writers is to say, okay, here's where we are. All of these postulations, we didn't mm-hmm. go that direction. We went this other branch. So yeah. are we going to continue on that branch? And if so, where do we go next? And that is where science fiction's challenges is dealing with um, communication Mm. in this way. A lot Mm -hmm. of the science fiction I read says no. I'm just going to keep what we have now and continue with it because that's we're going to have today's communication with flying
4: cars. Yes, exactly. Which is probably not where we're headed as no. And it it, it depends on
3: the type of science fiction you want to write. If you're writing, you know, space opera, okay, that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do what you can. You can do what George Lucas did and say, ah, we're going to go backward. and we're going to no longer even have these things. We're just going to have people you know, do these holograms that look pretty but are actually pretty terrible communication so, devices.
2: Sorry, that just made me remember that in uh, Star Wars, they were having to use intercoms. Yeah. Well, yeah. though,
4: <laughs> he did treat his communications consistently Yes, though. Yes. They and had important. their little communicators. There was a scene in the first movie where the ability to communicate was broken down and became important. Yeah. I mean, he I mean, was he treating a, it. He did a good job right. with yeah. it.
3: But it is treating it like a space yeah. opera rather than a um, a hard science fiction. If you're mm-hmm. writing hard science fiction or cyberpunk, you actually are going to need to extrapolate yeah. rather than
5: well, I think yeah. I think the takeaway the the takeaway for people who want to write, um, which should be most of the listeners of the podcast, <laughs> <We> um, <assume. laughs> uh, the the takeaway is um, what what does this really mean for your story? The ability to communicate, yeah. the failure to communicate uh, in situations where it really should be easy, um, can't be an important plot point unless you've got a really good reason for the communication systems having failed. Well, this Mm -hmm. is
3: a world building podcast. We want to talk about world building. And really what we want to do is encourage you to consider this aspect of your worlds so that you can use it as a tool for your stories um, rather than ignoring it. And like all world building podcasts, I should point out that you can't do everything in every book. This is just one aspect you can consider that you can deal with in your novel. um, And that's why sometimes you may want to just take the easy out. Um, You may want to say, okay, We're going to set it all our fantasy novel in one city, and we're going to have the 10 communications a day, um, and that's going to facilitate what I want to do, and we aren't going to consider it beyond that. Or you can say, I'm going to make communication a big part of the magic, and breakdowns of the communication be part of my plot. You can go either direction. Just it's something to consider. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do a writing prompt. Let's see. Who hasn't done one in a while? Howard!
5: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, The fax machine. Okay, we're right. starting. We're starting with the fax machine, um, as fax as machine the basis. Fax
4: Whale w- w- was posited by Jules Verne. In the that's in the awesome.
5: Videos. That's awesome. Okay, so the 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 principle behind the fax machine was we are sending a text message <laughs> via <laughs> via cell phone networks. Okay, um, take this communications technology, and instead of faxing things, you are now sending uh, physical objects. You know. Uh, okay. Like not, 3D, not, 3D printers? Yeah, like, like 3D printers. So a the fax machine as a 3D printer as a starting point for a short story. All right. This has
3: been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
0: This is the story of the wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.